0: You know, in the organization, we may be thinking of goals that feel like they're equitable, but are they achievable?
1: Well, welcome to Exude Human Capital Consulting's Hold On, Let Me Close My Door, the podcast that brings real stories from real professionals with real solutions to you. Join us as we navigate the ever-changing workplace with Alison DeFlorio, co-founder and managing partner of Exude Human Capital, and special guest. Welcome, everyone, to episode three of Hold On, Let Me Close My Door. For those of you that have listened before, you know that this podcast is focused on bringing topics of relevance to business leaders and HR leaders, just to continue conversations that they may be having in their organization's around topics that they can think differently about. And I'm really excited today to talk about a topic that that has been out there and in the news and, and, and around which people have a lot of questions. And we're gonna talk today about equity in the workplace, what it means, how it works, and most importantly, what employers can do to drive equity in their workplace. When we were thinking about this topic, and it, it actually came to life over over drinks and dinner one night with our guest today, shawnee Beavy, Chief Operating Officer of Equal Measure. Welcome shawnee Thank you, Alice Cool see you we overall. I'm so happy that you're here, Shawnee, for a number of reasons. Um, first and foremost, you you are the perfect person to talk about today's topic. Uh, Shawnice will will give a bit of a background in just a moment, but just to give a little bit of an overview, her career has been focused on driving equity in the workplace from different places within the organization. She's held numerous human resources roles, including chief human resources officer, as well as chief operations officer roles in a number of organizations in the Philadelphia area. And, and in each of those roles, she's led the change in systems and processes to improve workplace equity. And now uh, with Equal Measure, um, she's she's able to do this on a broader scale. So, Shonise, can you please share a bit with our listeners about your background, your role, and about Equal Measure and the work that you do? Sure, thank you, Alison.
0: First of all, just want to sit in a space of appreciation and gratitude of the conversation today. Um, as you mentioned, there was something that I've been talking about for years, but always feeling, you know, do we talk about it enough? Um, so I'll just kind of pause there and talk a little bit about myself. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, background with HR, and really I've had a lot, experience over 20 years now in a number of HR roles, as you mentioned, but both in the professional service organization And in the nonprofit spaces, which is actually pretty interesting, I think, when I reflect on my career. Um, And I can also share that HR found me first as part of my journey. And so um, I thought my career goals would have led me down um, into a social working path. Uh, Although I like to acknowledge that my years at HR work do uh, and have touched on uh, social work at times, um, my passion was really the development of people and finding the strategies and processes that support me in that um, space. Um, and it's with any organization that I've been in. So I think I, I just want to also highlight that that recent shift to operations for me was truly organic. And I just want to shout out to my mentors that have helped me along this journey as part of my growth and development here. I um, had a really great opportunity to have uh, both some informal and formal mentors that saw things in me that I did not see. Um, so I appreciate that. and want to acknowledge them for that. But um, you know, as HR leaders, we intu- intuitively need the opportunity to truly understand the business, right? So uh, we always talk about combi- combining HR with business, and so and leaning into that, um, I have the opportunity to combine the business and the people um, in a way that I feel is is natural for organizations with my HR background. So, so the last few years of my career, I've been leading in the operations, but would like what I would like to call the HR people lens. Um, and, and in terms of equity, I think equity has always been part of my narrative, for sure, as a uh, woman of color in business. And um, it's also been part of my journey as I have experienced businesses trying to tackle with equity. So, um, you know, I think, again, as women of color, equity is always part of the narratives um, and have really been uh, also able to be with some amazing women mentors. That have allowed me to grow and think and advocate for equity in the spaces of all my roles. So, uh, whether it's the HR generalist um, in my early career or a chief operating officer of an organization, um, really uh, embracing equity has been at the forefront of my mind in the HR space.
1: Fantastic! And you know, I'd love to to have you share a little bit about Equal Measure and the work that you do there as well. It's a professional services firm, of, and and I was struck. The first time I went to the website, and it's very clear that you help organizations do better. So take what they're doing and do it better. Can you talk a little bit about the work that that you do at Equal Measure? Sure. So at our core, we're, um,
0: and I'll say this, we've also just completed our strategic plan, uh, which we've been working through over 18 months now. So really excited about the completion of that and what that all means for us. But we've been doing... Um, the work of data and evaluation for more than 40 years in a social justice field. And so how we do that is that we partner with foundations, nonprofit, and public entities using what we call our superpowers of evaluation, strategy, and communication. And so we center racial equity in all aspects of our work uh, with experience in fields of education, workforce development, public health, economic mobility, and criminal justice. So uh, one example of that is um, Equal Measures working with PolicyLink, which is a national research and action institute on its Winning on Equity campaign. So Winning on Equity is an is a massive, uh, just massive, Allison cross sector, twenty five year campaign that links movement leaders, government agencies, and corporate powers to redesign the legal and regulatory structures in the U.S. So they work for everyone. Um, And everyone being especially the 100 million people in America living at or below uh, the poverty level. So that is actually statistically true. Um, So what we're doing is that we're helping them with the learning framework to measure their social change and impact um, across the nation. And at the heart of our evaluation, strategy and communication work is really our vision, Allison, our vision, our bold vision, where race no longer predicts life outcomes. So we advance that vision by strengthening the knowledge and capacity of our partners to transform systems, um, eliminate racial disparities, and build equitable communities. And we believe that in using that knowledge, we are inspiring action. So that's a lot of what we do. Um, And it feels heavy and a lot. We're really excited to be part of that word and and that work that we're doing
1: in transforming systems and and we're we're grateful that you are there to do that work and and thank all of those that are part of equal measure and and the greater community that supported. So let's get into this conversation, Shawnees. Let's start, I think, um with with just some definitions. What is equity and 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 how does it work? Right? Oh, no, great question, Allison. I think it's always good to understand
0: language. when we'll use the word equity, what are we talking about? So, Um, Equity for me is really the understanding or awareness that we all don't start off um, foundationally the same, right? So uh, there could be historical reasons in our background or our economic status to why that is the case. But at its core, what we need to understand and sit with is that first, before we can move on to anything else, we need to know that everyone sitting next to us or at the table with us is not starting at the same place and does not have the same access. So that to me, is the best way to describe equity. And
1: how does it work? Like how do you see this work in the in the
0: workplace setting, for instance? Yeah, now saying so you're talking to the application of equity so. yeah, um, and yeah. yeah. so, uh, so I think in or to or the that equity can show up in different ways, and I'll just stay with the h r lane because um I know my people um so some topics that feel really connected to equity um, that come top of mind is pay equity. Um, how are we creating the structures and processes in our organization to ensure that we're paying equit- equitably across all levels of our staff, right? How, how does that show up? What does that look like? And then do we provide opportunities for advancement for folks in the organization? Um, and is that universally the same? Is that access the same for everyone? Um, do we provide professional development opportunities? Are we encouraging our staff to development and skill building? So those are two, like, I think, prominent examples of how equity shows up from the art Can
1: you share in your experience where you've seen it done well? Because we work with a lot of organizations that are, are, are seeking to make an impact in this area. And sometimes for a variety of reasons, it moves or it doesn't move, or it doesn't move at the pace that they would hope that it would. Where have you seen it work well? And, and where do you see it run into obstacles? No, great question. So
0: just kind of thinking back and reflecting, I'll say, number one, this is not easy work. If it was easy, I feel like everybody would be doing it. We would all be in the same space or the same place at the same time. And so I just want to give some some grace to the fact that this is not easy work. It does require you to really work at this continually. And Where I've seen this work well, Alison, is when we bring inclusiveness into the conversation. And what I mean by that is listening to the voices of our staff. And I'm talking to leadership and management when I say that. Uh, When we're thinking through the different policies and practices that we want to have, are we listening to our staff? Are we engaging them in those processes? And I feel like, not that we have to wholeheartedly agree with what they're bringing to the table. There is going to be that tension point of, there are things that staff want that we can't give as, as businesses, right? It, it's an ask that we just know is not not sustainable for the organization. Um, but I think in listening, you can close the gap on aligning your processes. That, uh, you um, know, in the organization, we may be thinking of goals that feel like they're equitable, but are they achievable is the question, right? So that unrealistic versus realistic comparison Um You really have to take the time to understand what you can do, what your employees are asking for, and if there's a middle ground that you can come to. So equity is not a reactionary activity. It is an engagement activity. And I want to make that distinction because I think that's really important. You really have to be listening to voice and giving a space for voice in your organization for equity to be successful. And I think depending on your organization, it can show up in different ways. It can show up in a hybrid versus remote model that can come up with uh, for, for employees. Um, does it feel equitable? Does everybody have the, the opportunity to do a remote work if it's appropriate? And if it's not, I think even explaining why it's not is actually helpful in creating equitable balance. Because sometimes employees just wanna know, well, why can't I? And if you have a, 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 a accurate business reason why, but there's the case, they can, I think they can understand that to be quite honest with you, um, So um, fitting with the, the, the variables of, of where it's successful and where it's not successful, but definitely naming that you have to go about both in a very thoughtful way.
1: You said so many things that resonate with me. Um, and I'm sure with those that are listening and, and, and I, I just want to kind of ask your, your best piece of advice in working with clients, um, uh, you know, getting the voice of, of the employees is so critical. And, and you stated that. And sometimes we sense of uh, fear is probably the word that I would put to this of employers wanting to ask employees for their opinion, for the fear of not being able to deliver on what it is they're asking. And you shared that, hey, people, people will understand if you come back to them and explain the why, but what kind of advice do you have for employers who maybe are afraid to take that first step of asking or listening for fear that they may not be able to address what they hear? Well, that's a great question because it, it's so
0: true. Alexander resonates <laughs> in my early career, fear is probably one of the things that held me back from doing the things that you know I thought were good ideas that I never went for. But uh, what advice I would give is, number one, I think it's okay not to know, right? And I feel like as leaders and, and what we call these positions in an the organization, there's this pressure or idea that we know everything and that we somehow are perfect in our roles. And I think we just need to be human in this conversation um, and have an openness to just say, I don't know. And that's why I'm asking. I'm actually curious. And this is why I'm asking. And I think if you set that up a um, it kind of takes the pressure away or the anxiety rather off of the plate of, I'll speak for the employee or the leader in the organization, right? Um, because it's an acknowledgement. And so you're coming into the conversation acknowledging, I, I just wanna learn, I just wanna understand so we can as an organization be better. Um, so that's the advice I would give just going into it. Um, Uh, expecting and understanding that you may not get this in a perfect way, but your intention is to understand and listen. And so I think employees always value what is in it for me and why are you asking me? What are you going to do? I think saying that is so important and helpful to just create space for conversation and engagement. And what I also would give to the employer is sometimes it's the smallest of things that will make the biggest impact. Um, So you don't always have to hit the ball out the park. Um, In terms of uh, my baseball analogy, you don't always have to hit a whole run. Sometimes it's great just to get to first base. And that can go a long way in helping your organizational culture grow and and being uh, positive and healthy as well. So that's probably one or two things that I would would share. And also ask for help from others. Um, So if you don't have the capacity in your organization, Look for partners to bring to the table with you, um, and I think that's fair to ask if we're serious about this. Bring in the folk and the people that are going to help you start and engage in this conversation with your staff.
1: You know that's, and I appreciate those those um, those tips. I'm thinking about groups, executive teams that want to embark on this journey and and really want to do better. In in your words, uh, how do you? what recommendations would you have to leaders where perhaps not the entire team is at that place being um, comfortable with being uncomfortable to start as a leader? How do you align your team or give them the courage or help them develop the courage and strength and confidence to be able to be comfortable with not having all the answers? Um, I think that, shows up at how you lead
0: the organization, right? So when I reflect on that question, Allison, I'm thinking about what as a leader had you created spaces to um, have, you know, other leaders in management feel comfortable with this conversation? And the word or phrase that's popping to mind is brave space. Have you created the brave space for people to have conversation, even when they're just thinking through ideas or questions or strategies? And so we we talk about that a little bit in our organization, the brave space to, to feel safe, to engage in a conversation that maybe you don't really know, but I'm asking questions because I'm curious or I don't, it's not my background. It's not how I come into the work. So I'm just trying to understand how we think about it. But I think for leaders to create a space of comfortability about the conversation, you need to set up a structure where that is actually the case. And so um, we talk a lot about frameworks. So what are the frameworks from your organizational culture? Um, do you have um, norms when you meet together that will actually identify as a group that we're going to talk in this way about this topic and we're just going to create space for everyone to, be, to show up? And then I think being aware that everyone has a different personal journey when it comes to equity. Um, you know, some can be harmed, have been harmed by this conversation. So I think acknowledging that there may be some harm that people sit with coming into this conversation is appropriate, it it's create, helps create boundaries and space, um, and also acknowledging that you're there to support the conversation. And again, I think the third thing I would fit with is, who can you bring in to help foster this conversation? Um, to be that neutral third party that helps you with that engagement um, at the top levels. Um, that feels like the Switzerland in the room that they can help engage in a conversation where really i uh, maybe not so personally connected so that they can see things from a different lens. Because I think that's also value add in that in that conversation context as well. So hopefully I'm, I'm giving you tips that feel aligned and realistic.
1: I know they've helped me, so I'm just sharing what I've learned. I'm going to borrow that phrase, brave space. I hope you don't mind. I'll credit you with it every time I use it, but I will be using it um, probably later today. Oh, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure someone gave it to me. Your name is not
0: coming to mind right now, but I want to credit them because I know it's not new. We talk about Brave Space and I'm sure I've heard it somewhere else. So happy will share and uh use Brave Space wherever it's appropriate.
1: That's that's great. You know, I just I, I I would love to share just a couple of specific ways that employers have made adjustments or changes in their processes or their systems to uh, to foster equity I, I think of one that we've seen um, an emergence of over the last few years and that's even with job descriptions and minimum education and experience requirements we've seen you know the required college degree being dropped in in lieu of um, instead of being required it could be preferred but that experience work experience, could suffice. And that's a great way to provide more access to to individuals who may not have that education check mark there. Are there other, couple of other ways that you've seen um, or organizations and businesses make some adjustments to create more access or to create a more equitable workplace?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great example, Allison. Um, I've definitely been seeing that uh, be more open about skill-based hiring as opposed to you know, educational certification. Um, another way that I'm thinking about is when organizations create mentorship programs. And I think that's a value that, that feels like a value add that sometimes is not such a heavy lift. And the mentorship program and certain organizations that I've been in have really helped propel folks into leadership tracks. Um, by having the opportunity to actually talk to leaders in the organization and learn from them um, about culture and organizational norms and leadership values and really start you know, conversations that have helped propel succession planning within organizations. You're able to kind of have that one-on-one con- time with you know, folks in the organization interested in doing more. Um, so how do we utilize those people in a different way um, so that's one example for sure. And I think the hiring practices is a big one for me. Like, where are you posting your jobs, right? Is it at the same places that, know well, you're going to go the same people? Or are you actually kind of, what I'll say spreading the scene um, yeah. I, in different organizations? Or, um, you know, sometimes I, I mean, I'm even thinking about the folks that are trying to return back to the workforce. Um, so incarcerated people that are trying to find jobs um, that we actually need people to do. Uh, within the organization, are we opening up our doors wider um, in our hiring practices? So I think that's another, I'm going see other examples of where equity can show up differently and well in the organization. And pay equity is always at the top of my mind, right? Are we paying everyone the same um, scale with the same qualifications, uh, with the same job requirements that we're asking them to do? So um, I think there's other ways and examples for sure, but those are kind of the hot ones that um, are coming top of mind for
1: Yeah, those are those are great examples. Thank you for that. And I, I also want to, and I know many people listening probably know this, but just there's so many organizations in 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 any city, but certainly in our city in Philadelphia that provide um, uh, that could be a good venue to post your jobs that that have access to formerly incarcerated individuals that are coming back into the workplace or. English as a second language, newly placed immigrants, like places, non-traditional uh, posting sites that that can help you. In in Shawnice's words, spread the seed of of widening the net of where you can find some really fantastic candidates to work. That's great. So Shaunice, parting tips, parting words of advice. If there were three things that our listeners could do today actions they could take what could those three things and I know there are many more than three but what would be the the top three things for an organization that really wants to do better oh
0: wow Allison such a loaded question I'm trying to keep my brain together for three things um so at an organization that wants to do better what can you do so I think the first thing is, um assess where you are um take an internal scan of yourself and figure out where you are And then start to think about where you want to be. Um, So in the space of equity, what would you love to see for yourself in your wildest radical imagination as an organization? Um, And I think number three, start to organize. Um, Find the folks within your organization or externally that can help you uh, where you're seeing the gap, uh, where you're not sure of the conversation or the issues. Um, Find those people that can help you navigate those conversations. And I think also cast a wider net. Um, it's always great to get outside of your normal networking to figure out what others are doing. Um, one to always say we don't need to create the wheel, right? We don't need to recreate the wheel. Um, I'm sure there are others that when you talk to them in networking and partnering, you find yourself very similarly aligned with some of the the journeys that they've been on, and can figure out where your journey might be heading from those conversations and experiences as well. So. Um, you know, me, Allison, I love to partner and talk to other people and figure out what everyone else is doing because it helps inform what I maybe am not aware of or maybe some blind spots or some great, I think, tweets that I can share with others as well. So um, I can go on, Allison, but I will stop. And um, I think those three, those three or four make sense to me when I think about, you know,
1: how you can do better. Yeah, I I love that concept and I love beginning, you know, take inventory, assess where you are today. Um, and I also love the concept of you know, organizing the people that are going to do it. It's sometimes people feel it has to be one person that's driving this. and it's not. It's an organizational effort. So organize those around you and and focus on the things that are most impactful. Mm-hmm. and and Shae, I just want to thank you for taking time to um, engage in this conversation and share your your wisdom and your suggestions for our listeners. And thank you for sharing brave space i hope that everyone on the call makes an intentional effort to create brave spaces for for everyone in the organization so that you can further um, your work and and do better right mm-hmm. uh, so thank you to shawnee speedy ceo of equal measure uh, we are grateful for your time and your your energy And to everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us, for listening, and we hope to see you next time on Hold On, Let Me Close My Door.